podcast with Dan and Scott. Hottest golf podcast, whether you like it or not. Fresh from back in the day when that's a put at the park. 7 a.m. PM special where they played after dark. From the birds to the focus to the losses and the win. Welcome podcast, patron to the show, lead the pen. Get busy golfing or get busy dying. Hottest golf podcast and the swing ain't lying. Welcome back, podcast patrons. Another episode of Leave the Pin Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dan. Got my co-host with me, Scott. Scott, what's the good word in the New York podcast studio? Uh, what's the good word? Well, it doesn't look like I'm going to have to dig out too much, but alas, once again, the white stuff is falling. It is snowing. I uh, I literally came in about 30 minutes ago from snow blowing another five inches of snow. Uh, it is... There are parts of my property where the snow banks are as tall as me. It's very depressing. Uh, that's, yeah. I, I don't even know what to say. It's one of those things, like, where do you even put it anymore? Like, it just keeps piling up and piling up. Yeah, there, there's, there's literally some banks where I have the, the snowblower chute set up as high as I can, and it just shoots it into the side of it because it can't go any higher. That's great. Uh, I mean, we have like a retaining wall that I do end up throwing some snow at just because I can't like clear it. So I would imagine that's pretty much what you have. Just your retaining wall is made out of snow. Yeah, I I, I feel like I'm actually suffering from depression now because it literally only just snows. That's about it. Um, I don't even go into work anymore. I've been in once in the last eight days because of the snow. It, it's just uh... well. I think I've talked about this before. One of the things I do like to do in the snow, and I, I think I might go out and do it today if I do go shovel because it's not too bad, uh, I'll, I'll hit some golf balls into the snow, and then when it all melts, I have like a little Easter egg hunt. So, you know, I grab some top flights and some pinnacles and some max flies that I find in the woods. Only the best. Of course. Uh, and then just, you know, knock a few out into the yard. And, you know, in April, it's a little Easter egg hunt. Yeah, make it do what it do. I might write messages to myself um, and just, <laughs> just to see, like, you know, which ones I find in what order. Like a six sadistic message in a bottle, but instead of being on a beautiful beach and letting the ocean currents take it back to you, you leave it in the snow. Yeah, the only thing I do worry about is getting them stuck in the mower blades, you know. But then it's fun because you get to see the inside of a golf ball. True. Hey, real quick, uh, give a big shout-out to Tiger Hoods for wrapping us in. Also, big shout-out to everyone that's dealing with everything down in Texas. I know he was. He said he'd got his uh, power on a few days ago. Uh, had a few generators running down there, but the state of Texas is uh, not doing too well as of right now. No, not so much. Not so much. All right, so shall we get into uh, this past weekend, my man? Uh, absolutely, let's go for it. Uh, fair, fair warning, I didn't watch much. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's funny because I texted you, and I texted you, uh, let me read it, I said that this might be Tony Finau's conquering moment, and uh, we almost got it, Scott. It was close. Uh, I will read the response that I sent to you. Nah, the media present will sabotage him so they can keep using the same narrative about him always finishing second. And nevertheless, your Nostradamus prediction came true. Tony Finau finishes second. Um, I, gosh, I, I wish Max Home. Uh, congrats to Max Home. A great win. Awesome dude. We had his caddy, Joe Griner, on the podcast a while back. Uh, I'm not positive. Episode 30 or something like that. It's been a lot of episodes. Uh, awesome dude. 
They've been, look, Scott, they've been friends like as long as us. I mean, they're not as old mm. as us, but, you know, since like five or six years old, right? So lifelong friends, it's, it's awesome seeing them win out there. That's, that's truly a caddy player team. Yeah, he's a Joe's a good guy. I talked to him at Beth Page a little bit um, during the Wednesday practice rounds when they were there for the PGA, um, and I know you had him on the the podcast. So you know, congratulations to both of them. That's that's awesome. And again, you know, one win on the PGA Tour is awesome. Multiple wins is even better. So keep, yeah, I, keep going. I feel like Homa is he's he's got to be one of the most relatable guys out there. He's got this self deprecating humor about him, but he, you can tell, first off, you can tell how much he cares, right? He broke down in the, whatever you want to call it, press conference interview with Balionis at the end there. Um, I love the reference of this being a title town, you know, that we had the Dodgers, the Lakers, and now me. That's mm-hmm. great. You know, he, he grows up as a kid going to the Riv, driving down an hour to go to the Riv to, to try to get high fives from Tiger Woods and just wants to see Tiger Woods play. And, and, and now he's getting a trophy handed to him by, you know, the greatest of all time. You know, I I wonder if when he imagined that uh, he was going to get a trophy from Tiger, if he imagined Tiger being in the condition that he's currently in. I let's not rain on Max's parade. Let's get to that. We'll get. Let's okay. Okay. <laughs> Tiger's condition because I I feel like he's probably still in that state as of right now. Um, here's here's one of the things that that I loved and I think probably goes underreported and underutilized by the mainstream golf media is the two stories you have of Max Homa and Tony Finau. You're not talking about two um, elite junior golfers in terms of like country club kids. You know what I mean? Their, their country club was, weren't supporting them to travel at AJGA tournaments and fly them out here and there, which a lot of kids are privy to nowadays. You got Tony Finau who didn't even go to college you know, in Utah, he's hitting ball after ball with his younger brother Gipper into uh, mattresses and, mm-hmm. you know, sheets that his dad hung in the garage. Max Homer, just a down-to-earth dude. Um, like, I love how that played out. And then, then you throw Cam Smith into the mix as well, who Nick Faldo called Cam Champ. Um, Cam Smith looks like he just doesn't give an F about anything. He looks like a skinny homeless John Daly and the three of them battling it out at the end, Scott it made it for one of the best events. I, I think so far of the restart of the new year. You know what? That's what I'm, you know, I read that it was a really good event. Obviously your, you know, your opinion means a lot to me. I, I just, for whatever reason I, I was doing other stuff, and I never turned it on, but I do kind of regret that a little bit. So. Well, I mean, isn't that the way golf is, though? I mean, like, let's be honest. What golf is actually must-see TV? The Masters, and and even that, the back nine, right? I mean, the right. final round of the U.S. Open, the final round of the Open Championship, and probably not even the PGA. I mean, so you're, I mean, you're hooked. You're completely we, we, it's watching. more golf is musty TV for us than normal, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know the the pro, look. I mean, I was down in the podcast room doing some stuff, and I had it on. And I sat in my recliner down here. I think I dozed off for thirty minutes, which is kind of typical while watching a golf event. Most people can relate. Uh, I woke back up. Nothing had changed. Uh, disappeared for a little bit again. Tony Finau now is you know is up by the lead. Um, 
you know, it, it was it was tough seeing Burns with how well he played all week to miss that playoff by one stroke. I think it would have been monumental if Sam Byrne gets in the mix. Because, look, the dude held the lead for for what? I almost, mean, almost wire to wire. Yeah, probably 66 holes, 64 holes or so. The man held the lead from day one all the way till midday on Sunday. And then he misses out with, you know, by one stroke. And, and when you look at what he did, Scott, like, the dude went out and shot 69. It wasn't horrible, but Finau comes out of nowhere shooting 64 on the day. And, you know, obviously Homer shoots 66 and then beats Finau on that on that last hole. Um, so, I mean, for me... It, you know, I, the, the, way, the way it went with the weather, you know, that, that could, you know, that throws guys off. I mean... Whether people want to admit it or not, you know, these guys are athletes. So you get your body in shape for a certain type of play. And some guys, when that gets thrown off, that their body don't doesn't respond the same way everyone else's does. So that yeah, might I have mean, just thrown them off. When when you look at it, uh, I, I don't want to say the writing was on the wall because Burns kind of rebounded a little bit after the restart on Saturday. Saturday was tough. I posted a picture on Instagram of Keegan Bradley literally – putting 60 feet off a green i mean the greens were super fast they were dry they were crusty i love that but coupled with the wind and the green speeds it was completely unplayable and you know you can only do so much when it comes to the weather okay but you can do a lot when it comes to prepping the course in dealing with the weather and i think the pga tour i think it was a big miscue you know they mm. It's almost like remember back at Shinnecock when it got away from them twice now, um, you know, for the U.S. Open. When, whenever they're there. Whenever they're there at Shinnecock, yeah. I mean, that's the USGA. But the the problem is, anytime a big governing body comes in, they kind of always think that they know what's right. And one of the things I would like to see is them leave it to the grounds crew, leave it to the superintendent. I mean, Riv had a new superintendent this year, but you got to figure like if a place like Riviera in LA is going to hire a guy, they're going to have complete and utter confidence in his ability or her ability to completely manage that course. And I feel like maybe the PJ tour should defer every now and again. Yeah. I don't, I don't think Riviera has a hard time finding a qualified superintendent. No, like I, I don't think they're getting a guy like straight out of like agronomy school. Like I, I think they're probably getting someone who has some experience either working at that course or another one. So I'm sure that whoever it is knows the course inside and out, new or not. And I, I want to talk a little bit about the television aspect of it because I think in some aspects of this week, they hit it out of the park. And then in other aspects, you know, it was awful. Like, let's be honest, Saturday, anytime there's a golf weather delay, it, it flat out sucks, okay? I mean, you always get the last year's tournament, right? So... Last year we're getting Adam Scott, um, you know, winning and and we're or in the lead at that point in time when I was watching during the weather delay. But that doesn't hold anybody's interest, you know. But nah. the the TV channel has to put something on, so they figure they'd put that on. Uh, you know, again, as a golf nerd, someone that does this podcast, someone in the golf world, I love the behind the scenes stuff. I love, hey, Dottie Pepper, go out to the first hole, stand in the tee box. Let's see what the wind's actually doing. Like, take us down, you know, uh, you know, take us mm -hmm. down, Nick Faldo, the hole number seven. 
what's it like down there? You know, little stuff like that is a lot cooler. Seeing these guys wander the course or seeing the guys on the range, right? Like we saw them trying to hit flap, flop shots, excuse me, that were coming back to them. Like that's the content that I feel like the mainstream media, golf media can can kind of portray to the average golf fan to get them more interested. But instead they just go right back to the same rote BS that they always do, which is, oh, hey, pop in a tape of the 2020, you know, Riviera. Right. I, I, I actually think it would be cool. I, I mean, it doesn't have to be Faldo. It could be any former pro. Well, I yeah. hope it's not Faldo. I hate Yeah, him. yeah. I was just th- thinking, take take Faldo, stick him on a par three with like, you know, 10 balls and explain, you know, how the wind affects the shot on this particular par three and really like show like, okay, this is me hitting my stock seven iron into this par three. This is me. If I put a little draw on it now, look at this. If I put a little fade on it and just show how the, the wind current, the wind conditions currently affect those three shots and explain why, you know, the, you know, playing a wind is so tough, like do stuff like that. Well, I mean, isn't that a brilliant idea? You know, and that's the thing. It's, it's too brilliant. And it's too smart, and it's it's almost like it's too much of common sense for them. They always they always try to go like off of what I think people would actually want because they live in this this ivory tower of whatever what what they envision golf legitimacy to be, and it doesn't need to be that. Um, the other thing I hated, Scott, were these cardboard cutouts everywhere. Now look, when the when the lockdown first started, when quarantine, and I refer to everything still as quarantine, when quarantine mm-hmm. first started, in baseball stadiums, at football stadiums, they had some of the cutouts, right? Because it's going to give the players, you know, more of a real feel. That's BS. No, it doesn't. It's just another way nah, for these organizations to make money, right? Nah, it looks ridiculous. So they had all these cutouts of people there, but they were cutouts of the announce crew, of like the film crew. Of of Tiger, of Greg Norman, of Nick Faldo, of I mean, it, it made no sense whatsoever. Amanda Balionis was there. I mean, it, these people are actually there. Why do we need cutouts of them? You know, it would be funny if they were all Tiger. It'd be funny if they were all Tiger mug shots. I didn't want to go there, but yes, it would be. Uh- <laughs> like who who actually sees these things? Like, let's be realistic. You you pay a hundred dollars to your favorite. Okay, so so I'm a St. Louis Cardinals fan, right? The Cardinals had a thing for $50. You could have had at Bush Stadium your cutout put in the stands. Okay, that's great, right? And, oh, I'm going to get uh, spend 100 bucks, put both my kids' faces on it, and put them in this row and this seat. I think the Mets had it too. Right. Who, who sees that? The players aren't looking at it. No one knows who those kids are up there. I can't see it. Right, exactly. I mean, you might as well just burn $100 or burn whatever amount of money that it costs because nobody pays attention to it. But Didn't the, the WWE do it, like, with video screens? Oh, yeah. They, they call it Thunderdome or something like that. Gotcha. It wasn't – and I just remember reading it. Didn't, like, some controversial images get on there? Uh, there were some very controversial images of people dressed up as supremacists of a certain color. And they let that go on the TV. Great. That's not good. No, it, like, so 
this, I, I don't know why I'm so adamant about this and apologize for my rant, but it's something I can't stand because it makes no sense. However, congratulations to the owners and whoever decided this was a good idea because they're making money hand over fist or at least not hemorrhaging as much money mm. as they would because they can't sell as many tickets. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. However, let me say that the coverage over the last four weeks, I have been absolutely enamored with the crane and the drone shots. And those are only doable because there aren't fans in attendance. Exactly. At, I, I love the drone shots. Some of the, the drone shots from Pebble were oh. absolutely amazing. They, I, so. they were brilliant. I mean, literally brilliant. And, and look, Scott, how long have you and I been watching golf? Forever. Okay. They have shown even us, like hardened old curmudgeons, new shots of courses that we've seen. I mean, I can't even tell you how many hours of television I've seen Pebble Beach on, you know, on my TV before. It's got to be over, well over 100 hours. And there were new perspectives and new shots. And so to me, that's phenomenal. And to like a young kid getting in who's used to, you know, maybe watching a YouTube guy that does drone shots or maybe maybe creates their own drone videos, to be able to see that and to see golf in that light, I think is fantastic. The only thing that sucks is FAA regulations don't allow drones above crowds of people. I don't know what the exact number is. But as soon as we start to get people back to the PGA Tour, guess what's going to disappear? These awesome drone shots. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's going to happen soon. I mean, they, they just announced in New York that you know, sporting events are going to be allowed to open at, like I think, 20% capacity. I saw that. I think the Jets and the Giants who are in New Jersey, they're going to be at 15% as okay, of well, now. We'll see I, what happens I, once the season starts. Can I chirp in for a second? Sure. All right, 15% capacity is about the only amount of people that would go to see the Jets play anyway. That, that That's pretty much true. So basically, you're going to have a normal fan base there to see the Jets. Plus, they play in New Jersey. Exactly. So, yeah, I, I mean, that 15% of people, thats those are people who love misery. Yeah. Uh, I will tell you what, though. If you are lucky enough to to be able to go to a sporting event, you know, maybe you maybe you're vaccinated or you know you, you've had covid and you've overcome it and you have the antibodies and, and you can be out in public um you know with lo- no long-term side effects if you're able to go to a sporting event nowadays I, I think it's the coolest thing in the world because you literally have an entire section to yourself mm-hmm. i mean the, the way that they're doing it with pods and stuff i i started looking up spring training tickets for, for the cardinals and the cardinals aren't doing any however when they play the mets and the mets down in port st Lucie. Um, the Mets are offering tickets up, but basically what, what you're doing is you're buying, let's say you buy four tickets, you have four seats in front of you, four seats behind you and four seats to either side, completely blocked off. If you buy two tickets, you've got two, 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 and two. So you make your own little square there. Mm-hmm. I, you know, you, you're getting like, if you go to a professional sport event, you get like $8,000 worth of seating for yourself. I'm going to be honest with you. That's one of the reasons I don't go to games. And if that's going to be the situation, I, I may look into getting like season tickets for the Yankees just because I won't have to talk to people. Well, let's be let's be honest. <laughs> Nowadays, television is so good 
that it is easier and better to watch a game at home. Now, granted, you don't get the the camaraderie of fans and you don't get that spontaneity, but you know, in all honesty, it's much more simpler to watch something at home. However, I feel like golf is that one sport where being there is so much better. Now, with that being said, let me also throw out the caveat, and you you and I have been to a lot of golf events. Mm-hmm. You only are getting a snapshot when you're on the grounds because you know you don't know what's happening two holes away or on the other side of the course. This is true. I, I also do feel like, uh, again, if we're talking about like needing to have social distancing in place, that golf is by far the easiest of the sports to do that in. Oh, hands down. You're you're outside. There's no like fixed seating. I mean, there yeah. can be, but you don't have to have it. Right. I think that the issue yeah, with golf is getting people in and out of the courses. Correct, because there's no park. You know, look, unless you have media parking, which I will tell you is right. a godsend, but wow. you don't. Now so the, you get the, well, the the travelers. You, you you walk from the parking lot. It's spectacular. Okay. You, you actually that if if we can if there's fans or we can somehow get media to that, you might need to join me for that. No, we can get media to that. That's not a problem. Okay. Um it's it's only if the is the PGA tour allowing it. You right. know? That's, That's what I'm the, saying. If we can if we could somehow get into that this year, you you should come with me because it's okay spectacular. Yeah, I mean, our media was open for everything that had just passed, but obviously you and I are not flying out to, to Pebble or, yeah, no, no. or anything like that. Although, you know what we can't get media to this year? We can't get media to the players. Uh, they are yet again doing virtual media. So we have our virtual media passes, which is, okay, it's cool, but mm-hmm. honestly, PGA Tour, it's like the lamest thing ever. I'm not logging in to a Zoom call to ask a question. I'm, I'm not sitting in a Zoom call to listen to people's answers. Like, I just, I don't care. I, I just don't care enough. If I'm not physically there and I can't feel that, like, ambiance of the course, mm-hmm. I can't, you know, feel the electricity there, I don't care. Let's be honest. That's uh, going to be on Instagram and, you know, other social media in 10 minutes anyway, so. Right, and it, and look, would it be cool to put it on our Instagram? So, yeah, it, you know, it would, but <laughs> in, in all honesty, like, I don't really care that much about social media and trying to be the guy that always has it up there first. It's too, it's too draining. I got better things to do. Yeah, no, I hear you. <laughs> hey, uh, best month ever candidate. How about Spieth? You know what? I, I'll, I'll go with it. I mean, this, it has to be, has to be good the last three weeks in a row just to, you know, be able to go out there. I guess what, what did he finish? Fifteenth this week. Yeah, he went. He went T four at Phoenix, T three at Pebble. Held the lead at both of those events, mind you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then went fifteenth at Riv, and you know didn't sniff the lead at all. And honestly, I feel like these three weeks probably was a little bit of a of a mental drain too. He's not. He, let's be honest. He's, he's not used to it, right? He's he's not used to dealing with with the pressure of being in a top five position and having a chance to win. And right. so I feel like this week maybe drained on him a little bit, and he kind of—I don't want to say fell apart, but you know, uh, maybe maybe leaked a little bit of oil at the end. Uh, maybe at the end, but that's where it's been falling apart. 
he was pretty well in it after Friday. I mean, obviously Burns was well ahead, but yeah, the next group was at seven eight. under and he was at six under. Yep. yep. Yeah. I mean, as far as his mental ability, uh, as far as his focus and his swing, I mean, granted, everybody knows that you can leave the golf course. Say I left a few strokes out there. I could have done this or that better, but he's got to walk away with his head held high going, you know what? I've got three top 15s in three really good events and the majors haven't even started yet. You know, he's not in the WGC this week, but that's okay. You know, g- give him a little bit of t- uh, downtime. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's already jumping on Vegas's odds to win the masters. Well, I, well, yeah, Vegas, the Vegas odds, though, you know, they love name recognition. Oh, um, sure. And also, not only that, also just reputation alone for him at Augusta, past champion, um, you know, going out and lighting things up, I guess, in 2018. You know, mm-hmm. they, they like him there. So they're going to they're going to put him up there just because people are going to look at me. Like, oh, Jordan Spieth, he's playing great. Yep. Yep. So the um, the so, Vegas odds have little to do with actually who has a chance of winning. Oh, of course. It's where they want you to put their money, your money at. Exactly. Um, well, it's their money. It's just you're holding it for them for a right. little bit. <laughs> They're going to get theirs in the end. Yep. Um. So this week is WGC. It was supposed to be Mexico. Obviously, it's not. No one's traveling out of the country. No it has bueno. since been renamed. WGC Workday Championship at the Concession Club. That is a mouthful, Scott. Instead of this, you know, WGC Mexico Championship. Uh, I, I have to be honest with you. I think changing this to a different course is probably not the worst idea anyway. No, that course sucks there. Yes. Um, what what's what's that title sponsor that always that the Mexican title sponsor they always talk about? Uh, it's like some resort. Grupo right? Salinos. Oh, okay. I what am I gonna where where am I gonna get my Grupo Salinos commercials at? Are they still gonna play it? I don't I, think. So. You need to watch some telenovelas and oh, uh, maybe Telemundo. you can. Yeah, Telemundo exactly. Yep. Maybe you can pick it up. Get some get some like Mexican soccer league because. I mean, if you want, like, you know, if you want, like, a hype machine, just listen to guys who call, like, Mexican soccer. Oh, yeah, when they score the goal. I forgot what that famous announcer was, but, you know, everyone mm-hmm. knows that. Yeah. Um, so instead of Grupo Salinos commercials, obviously, all we're going to do is get Phil Mickelson workday commercials nonstop. Uh, probably, yes. Which, you know, depending on how they play it, could be pretty funny. Or it could not be. Yep. Uh, Nicholas and Tony Jacklin did the course there at concession uh, to obviously honor the concession uh, that occurred at the Ryder Cup. Uh, ah, that's really it. Scott, you mentioned Tiger before. Tiger was the de facto host at the Riv. Uh, Cali guy, obviously, through and through. Couldn't play. Obviously had another microdidectomy surgery. Uh, is on the road to rehab again. Scott, there were a lot of similarities between Tiger's look during the interview with Jim Nance 
and Tiger's mugshot mm. when he was pulled over for DUI for being uh, under the influence of all of his prescription pain pills. Yeah, he. Uh, I was looking online. He does not look terrific. No. In any of these pictures. Now, you know, the thing, look, if anyone's ever had back injuries or if anyone's ever had, um, you know, any type of spinal or nerve damage injuries, it's debilitating, you know, and, and, I, and I can speak from experience. I have, um, I had to have, you know, just minor spinal surgery and, and injections in my spine. And even like on Saturday, I must have slept wrong or something and, and literally had almost no use of my, you know, left hand side of my body. It just was in pain. And, and I'm someone that, you know, I would say is in pretty fantastic shape. Hmm. Um, now today, you know, yesterday wake up again and I'm good. Uh, so I, I get that, you know, I get the way that, that, that tiger could feel physically. Um, so you never know what's going on behind the scenes. He gets on and all Jim Nance wants to talk about, obviously is his condition. Are you coming to Augusta? Are you playing? It's probably the last thing tiger wants to even talk about. So he's in a little ornery mood to begin with. He doesn't really like these type of appearances anyway, um, you know, he'd rather his play do the talking instead of him being the one speaking. But no, Scott, he did not look well at all. He didn't. I almost wonder, and there hasn't been any statements or anything like that about it, but I almost wonder, was he in California or did he like fly out from Florida like that day and maybe he was just tired? Right. I, you know, like, I wonder. Yeah, like I said, you don't know what's going on behind the scenes, and obviously all the memes online are, are you know, Tiger's high. Uh, if Tiger drove right now, would he get another DUI again, et cetera, et cetera? Um, you know, I don't, I don't think he was on the DJ level, if you will. But, uh, you know, he, he definitely looked like maybe he was in pain and, and maybe, you know, maybe he was taking something for that pain. Or, or the other thing is maybe he's not taking anything for the pain. Could be. And and maybe that's the issue. I mean, maybe it's one of those like, hey, listen, I don't want to get hooked on, you know, anything again. So, you know, I'm going to use this at a very therapeutic level and I'm going to, you know, use Advil or Tylenol, whatever, um, you know, under, you know, under normal circumstances. And you know what? Maybe he's just dealing with the pain and that's what came out. I, I Again, I have no idea. I'm, and I don't want to make excuses for him, but I'm going to make excuses for him. Um, we got a, we posted on Instagram for some listener questions, and we'd get to them if we have time. So let's get to one now because this one actually relates to what we're talking about. And the question was simply, not you know, not does Tiger win another major, but does Tiger win ever again in his career? Um. On the PGA Tour? I'm assuming, yeah. Uh, I'll say yes. Oof. <laughs> I'm the biggest Tiger Woods fan in the world. I mean, so are you. Uh, but the the way that I saw him yesterday, Scott, I, I'm going to say I'm going to say no. And that's so tough for me to say. I, I Well, I mean. But I hope I'm wrong. Here's the thing, like how, you know, like if Phil can kind of stumble into a win at like 49, 
or I guess he was, yeah, I guess he was 49 last year when he won. Yep. I feel like Tiger should be able to, even with all his back problems. I mean, but, but let's be honest, you know, Phil, Phil kind of falls under the, mo- John Daly once said, they said, John, why don't you stop smoking? Why don't you stop drinking Diet Cokes? Why don't you get in shape? And he said, because I don't want to get injured. And they said, John, what are you talking about? And he goes, you can't pull fat. And, mm. you know, for somebody that, that kind of lives and breathes fitness, I hate hearing that. But <laughs> John Daly never was really injured. Uh, Phil Mickelson kind of falls under that mindset, having that long language swing, you know, a little bit on the chubby side most of the time. Tiger's body right now is is probably close to that of a 60-year-old. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Again, I feel like he stumbles into one, but... I would love it. I mean, I it, believe me. I want nothing more to be wrong. Pri- and most likely not a major. I mean, something... The thing that I, I think probably does hurt him is he doesn't play a lot. Right. But you, ne- but you never know. He may decide, like, one year, like, you know what, I really do want to play at Pebble. And he might play in, you know, the, the Pro-Am. Or who knows? I mean... Like I said, he could stumble into something, and we'll see what happens. I think if you know, obviously, I mean, it it goes without saying. I think the only major that he has a chance in is either obviously Augusta, the conditions have to be perfect, or the Open Championship. I I think the Open Championship is probably if he's going to win another one. I think that's probably his best chance because yeah, all because, sorts of crazy things happen at the Open. Right. And and at the Open Championship, you don't necessarily you obviously don't need to be the longest hitter, obviously. You know, you need to play the ground game. He does that so well. Creativity, imagination has that in spades. Uh still a otherworldly short game, but I feel like he can win the Open Championship in any given year. Now to win Augusta, you know, it, it's it's going to have to be a year where it plays firm and fast because he's not going to be able to keep up this distance off the tee with the back. Um you know, we we haven't even seen him hit a driver since this last surgery. Now it's yeah. fifth fifth surgery, I believe. Um, so who knows what what you're going to be getting? Uh, it was nice, Scott, that DJ joined us back in the U.S. Left his camel riding escapades overseas in the Middle East. Somehow he made it back. I was um, worried. Played like crap and still finished like tied eighth. This this dude is like literally. A golf savant, and I don't even believe that he knows it. I believe he's so oblivious to his talent and his ability. Well, oblivious. Uh, if I was picking three words to describe DJ, uh, talented, uh, oblivious, and really tall would probably be those three words. I mean, isn't that a perfect conglomeration of a golfer i mean that that's like all the parts that you want you want to be insanely good but you want to have almost no care about how you play or at least make it look like that now i'm not gonna lie when he teed off in that last group the first two guys missed the fairway in in uh burns and gosh i think it was camp smith yesterday um first two guys missed the fairway he tees off last before he tees off, the announcer says, you know, and our 2019 Masters champ, as well as 2016 or whatever, 15, you know, Riviera classic champion. Those other guys had no accolades before them whatsoever. And then he just stamps up and just rips it down the middle of the fairway. 
And like, mm-hmm. if you're those other two guys, like if you're Burns and if you're Smith, you gotta be like, Jesus, like what the hell? This dude is always in a final group. Like this is the first time I've ever been here. <laughs> you know, this is amazing. And like, and I have to play with this idiot who's like six six, mashes the ball, has no idea how he's scoring, doesn't know why he's doing things right, why he's not doing things right. Um, his little brother's running around giving him yardages. Like, mm. it's 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 like a it's like a clown show, but he's literally, as of right now, the most talented player in the world. Uh, and it's it goes back a ways too. Yeah, I, right, it I, has I, been for a while. Yeah, and even when he wasn't sort of winning at a fairly regular clip like he does now, I, I kind of feel like in a lot of ways he was his own worst enemy. You know, I, obviously, I mean, we can talk about you know major gaffes aside. Um, but I, I almost feel like there's an air of unbeatability to him where essentially the only one who can beat him is himself. Yeah, he has. He's got a little bit of that Tiger Woods swagger, you know, Tiger Woods of the, the, the late 90s, early 2000s, where he just walked past everybody. And the only, like, I, I think, I think it's fair to say that Tiger during that eight to 10 year reign when he wanted a 28% clip or whatever mm-hmm. it was, saw no one else on the golf course. Like I truly believe yeah. that he just saw through people. And, and the only thing he focused on was that end goal. And, and DJ is just, I think oblivious to everything that goes on around him. Cause he's got one goal in mind and that's to shoot the absolute lowest score today. And however I get it done is how I get it done. Nothing's going to distract me on the outside world. Nothing outside the ropes. I don't care who I'm playing with. I don't care what the rest of the leaderboard says. He's oblivious to it. And I think it's brilliant. Yeah. And the other thing is, like, I don't think he sweats any of the other guys, like, in the top 10 in the world golf rankings. No. There's there's (laughs) no one that scares that dude. He does not care. Because no one's longer than him. Mm -hmm. Right? And say what you want, and I know we make fun of him here, and I know you know he comes on the pod as as being high most of the time. But mm. let's let's be realistic. Like he might have, and I'm going to go on a limb and say he has the best golfing mindset of anyone on tour right now, Tiger included. Yep. Well, even I forget which U.S. Open it was. It was 2018 where he misses the the putt and he you know to to win, and he just kind of walks off, grabs his kid, and kind of strolls away That's like it. just sh- shrug your shoulders and all right i didn't win all right let's go <laughs> you know like that to me that's that's the best attitude because you still got to show up next week and you still have to to play so you can't like let it get in your head too much so you know i i i, I totally agree with you about the the attitude right there i will i will never forget that uh, and I was at Chambers. Um, yeah, it was the year Spieth won, so yeah. 2015. Yeah. So, a very makeable putt. Now, let's be honest, Smith, uh, Spieth smashed that second shot in, so all deserving he did win it. DJ didn't lose it necessarily. However, hmm. that, to me, was a defining moment in DJ's career because he could have gone one of two ways. He could have been destroyed by that, which a lot of people in golf would be, getting so close to the precipice of a U.S. Open championship and not seizing the bull by the horns, not taking it, right? But instead, like you said, he was like, eh, I missed a putt. I finished in second place. I made a million dollars. Cool. 
Where do we play next week, Austin? Yeah. And like yeah. that, and that's it, dude. Because I remember one time watching him in a in a press conference or an interview, something like that, and they were like, you know, hey, when you miss pods and and like you you don't win tournaments, maybe you should, and you know, maybe instead of having thirty wins, you should have fifty. Like, doesn't that bother you? And he's like, why? Like nobody died. Um, <laughs> like it's it's golf, dude. And they're like, yeah, man, it's golf. He's like, yo, you know, this is like just my job. Right, dude? You know, like, mm-hmm. that's so awesome to me because as as much as his head might be in the clouds, <clears throat> I feel like he's probably pretty grounded when it comes to what's important in life. Yeah, and going back to the whole thing about any, anyone else in the top 10 not scaring him. So let me read you the, re- the rest of the golfers in the top 10, starting from the bottom. Okay. So we'll start from the bottom, and then we'll be here. Uh, so 10 is Bryson. You, if you're DJ, you scared of Bryson? No, Brooks is not scared of Bryson, so DJ shouldn't be. No, yeah. Uh, Webb Simpson? <laughs> no one's scared of Webb Simpson. Uh, Rory? Uh, there's one. Hmm. Yeah, Patrick Cantley? Nope. Colin Morikawa? Uh, not scared, but but I think definitely realizes that well, he can hold his own. Any of these guys could hold their own, but yeah, you know, it's one of those. Yeah, know, yeah. Uh, Tyrrell Hatton, who's no. fifth in Although the world Tyrell now. Although Tyrrell a head case, so I might be scared that he like might physically harm me, but I'm not scared of his game. He's fifth in the world right now. I know, and he's a lunatic. I love it. Hmm. He's so fascinating to watch out there. Uh, Xander, mm-hmm. not scared of Xander. JT. <laughs> Definitely not scared of JT. Rom. Rom's another lunatic. That's yeah. funny. JT and Xander are like these tiny lith guys that are like 5'8, five, 5'9. Five, Rom and Terrell Hatton, like, look, if you want to really enjoy a round of golf and you and you can make it to a tournament, follow John Rom, follow Terrell Hatton. They will give you your money's worth. Trust us. Yeah. Or 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 Spieth. Spieth is hysterical to yeah. watch. That is true. That is true. Um. Yeah. So. Yeah, and then there's DJ. Yep. Exactly. Hey, Scott. Oh, hey, DJ. What's up? We were just talking about you. Hey, man. I heard a little birdie tell me that Dan was saying some nice things about me, and I just want to say that that's pretty cool. Yeah. No. 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 We, uh, as Dan was saying, and he he can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, you know, we, as much as we like to get on your case, we do know that you're exceptionally talented and, you know, we, we admire your attitude towards the game and, you know, obviously respect all the accomplishments you've had. Right, Dan? Wow, Scott, that that's I really nice. Like, I, I don't know that Dan's here again. I hate when this happens. What it's happened, like, man? Uh, every time you come on, Dan somehow disappears. It's, it's pretty rough. Scott, can I tell you a secret? Sure, man. I never returned the camel. I brought it back to the U.S. So uh, the camel, did you like rent it from like Hertz or like Enterprise or something? I'm not sure the dude's name. It was Hmm. Prince something. Maybe it was Prince Hertz. Not sure. But listen, he's living at an animal, exotic animal farm in Oklahoma right now. He's in good hands. All right. I mean, camels are pretty resilient. I'm sure if you give them a bunch of water, they'll be all right. So 
at the WGC, I forgot it wasn't in Mexico. So are you like in Mexico now? I am. Uh, you gonna be able to make it back to Florida in time? I, I would again, think you, you again, probably not fly in sure, private. Scott. Not well, I'm not sure. I really don't know what's going on. But I was approached by these nice gentlemen and they gave me a business opportunity. Um, are they asking you to carry things in your, your golf bag? Yes. And these things were white. Um, just do me a favor. Don't don't ground your club in any of that. You know Can I, I mean? ground my nose in it? Uh, because, I mean, because ha- listen, when was the last time the PGA Tour gave you like a random drug test? I'm not. I don't think it's random. I think they do it on purpose, Scott. Gotcha. You might want to keep your nose away from it. <laughs> I, I was thinking. If I take these things, I could probably fly to Florida on my own. You know, is, is there like a jet ski rental somewhere? You might be better off with that. Dan said that I can answer the listener questions. Okay. Um, I don't know what the listener questions are, so. Do we have time for two of them or only one? I think we have time for two. Okay. B. Matt Yeah says, will it ever stop snowing in Pennsylvania? I like winter golf, not snow golf. Scott, it will never stop snowing in Pennsylvania. Okay. If you live in Pennsylvania, you'll never play golf again. So what you're saying is if like Oakmont will never be open again and okay. Oh that's, un- that's unfortunate. Pencil- Scott Oakmont's not in Pennsylvania. That's in Pittsburgh. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Uh, I I guess you're 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 right. I know. Um okay. Next question from the Aloha Press. Would you rather win on the PGA Tour or come in second 10 times? Um, Who are I, they asking that to? I guess they're asking you, me, and Dan. Dan sucks. He'd never make it on the PGA Tour, Scott. Yeah, neither would I. So I guess they're just asking you. Okay. Would I rather win or come in second 10 times? I'd rather come in second. You know how much money that is? Well, you've also won more than 10 times. so 28, Scott. Yeah, I was going to say, it's got to be almost 30 now. Well, so. I don't know if 28 is almost 30, but I have won 28 times. Okay. So 28 is almost 30, so Whatever. You're, you're, you're well on your way there. I just want to say one thing. In closing, go go for it. I'm still the Masters champ. Bye. All right, thank you, DJ. Thank you, Scott. You want to get to uh, listener questions? Uh, well, DJ was just on, and and he, you apparently told him that he could answer the listener questions. So, oh, how did that go? Well, he uh, somebody I, I didn't catch the name uh, asked. If uh, it was ever going to stop snowing 
in Pennsylvania, and okay. DJ said, no, it will never stop snowing in Pennsylvania. So if you live what... in Pennsylvania, you'll never play golf again. <laughs> I wonder what snow he was referring to. Uh, that's exactly. Um, and then I said, well, like that means like Oakmont will never be open again. Obviously, the site of his U.S. Open championship. Sure. Yeah, I, I was there, of course. And uh, he said that Oakmont's not in Pennsylvania, <laughs> that it's in Pittsburgh. Oh, okay. Well, I mean... We talked about his golf acumen. We doesn't necessarily need to be need to be a geography major, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. And speaking of his golf acumen, he said he would rather come in second than win because they pay you a ton of money to come in second. <laughs> Smart dude. <laughs> exactly, and then you don't have the responsibilities of the champion. <sighs> That's my man. Hey, um, you want to talk about Michelle Wee's panties? Oh, hey. <laughs> Let's uh, let's be clear with what we mean here. You want to tell him the story of uh, friggin' Giuliani? I shall. So, okay. uh, conservative commentator Rush Limbaugh passed away last week, um, and Rudy Giuliani was interviewed by another conservative broadcaster. Um, I can't remember the guy's name right now, but he worked for Trump, and he's a piece of junk. Um, whatever. Um, and he asked, I guess, if, you know, he, what good memories he had of, of Rush Limbaugh and Giuliani said, yeah, I do. I remember one time we were playing golf, um, at a charity tournament with Michelle Wee and the paparazzi was there and Rush didn't like it because the paparazzi were there. And I said to him, nope, it's not us that they're trying to take pictures of. They're taking pictures of Michelle Wee because that was when she was using like that tabletop putting stance. Sure. Yeah. And he then said the, the reason the paparazzi wanted to take pictures of her is because she's gorgeous. And when she bends over like that, you can see her panties. And that is America's mayor. Well, uh, I think in 2001 was the last time that we could refer to him as America's mayor. Um, yeah, that's, you know it's what? Fair. It's, uh, in a, here's the problem. Obviously, that's asinine, right? It's mm -hmm. moronic, it's chauvinistic, um, it's nihilistic. However, it's just another aspect, another negative aspect of this game that that the game has had to fight for so long because let's let's be honest right this game of golf was for the majority and still is a white dominated game so mm -hmm. much so that rules were put in place on the pga tour for any black or brown player not allowed to play so this sport does not have the best history in terms of how it treats minority citizens women uh, you know, you name it, people of color, um, people of different genders. Um, very, all very true. Yes. So, so no, this is, this is an awful light to shine on it, but I would certainly hope that people would understand where it's coming from and maybe the moronic point of view that it's coming from and just dismiss this idiot um, and realize that the entire game that people associate with it are not of his ilk. No, and I, I do, I, I completely admire... Michelle Wee's response to it, which was, ba which was basically, I shot 64, shut up. Yep. 
Yeah. <laughs> I won I won the US Open. Like oh, it just you and I both know some LPGA players. Mm-hmm. They're some of the most amazing people out there. And one of the things that I cannot stand when you go to an LPGA event is you will hear these idiots that say, man, if I was a woman, I could shoot 65 out there. Like, no, no you no, freaking no, no, you can't. <laughs> you can't shoot 75 from 5,000 yards, right, with two mulligans. So there's no way in the world that you go to Pinehurst and shoot 65 in the U.S. Open in those conditions. Like, you're like please suffocate yourself with a plastic bag. That's the only outcome for you. It's moronic. Yeah, it, it completely is. There's no other word for it. I also did like, and I, and again, com- complete respect to Michelle Wee in this whole situation. I do like how in her response, she did manage to give a big shout out to Nike um, as if she is not contractually obligated to like mention them at every five, like anytime she makes a statement about something. Hey, shout out to sponsor. And let's talk about a little bit of Eagles and Arrows gear, Scott. Uh, I, you know what? Actually, I got a, a DM from Grant yesterday um, because I put a little review from some of the merch that I, I ordered uh, a couple weeks ago. And basically my response was well, not my response, my review and completely accurate, by the way, not just because they're a sponsor uh, is that, you know, the hat is high quality. The logo is absolutely sick, and it's my go-to hat now, because uh, it is. I wear it. I wear it out all the time now. You, you, you can't get any better ringing endorsement of the brand than people that actually wear it. You know what I mean? And and I think the thing is, once you, once you purchase something from them, then you automatically see the the quality and care that goes into it. And you know the thing is too, like this is this is a small family-owned company this is not a corporation like nike or bridgestone or titleist right and so grant does everything he can to really promote the brand and try to win people over and you know i think a lot of that energy is wasted and i don't mean that in a bad way but i just mean it in this way the quality of the product speaks for itself so like we don't have to drone on and on about it because look here's the bottom line go to eaglesandarrows.com purchase something I guarantee you will love it. Simple as that. Like you have our podcast guarantee. You don't like it, stop listening to us. Okay? But I know that's not going to happen because I own a bunch of the material. Like I own a ton of shirts, uh, head covers, gloves. The gloves are fantastic. Like you need to do the Augusta West membership if you wear gloves. I know you don't wear one. Not Uh, a glove guy. no, No, not a glove guy. And never have been. And that's cool. That's awesome. But the gloves are so quality i mean i'm on like 32 rounds with my one glove grant sent me about six of them now i've got Mm. five of them sitting there because i can't destroy this thing and it still feels as good as when i got it out of the package so i mean you know like if you want quality then do that go to augusta west you know get the membership and i'll tell you what scott i got a glove last year (coughs) excuse me got a glove last year from pj tour superstore in the summer was down south playing. One of the gloves I had ripped. I, I didn't have everything with me. Um, so I didn't have my Eagles and Arrows glove with me. And I bought like the synthetic one. Two rounds down in the humidity down there. And it was shot. 
stretched out, couldn't fit on my hand, uncomfortable. I hate tugging at a glove. I want something that's, you know, pardon the pun, but fits as snug as a glove. And that's what Eagles and Arrows gives me. And it gives me, you know, it's one less thing I got to worry about. I know my grip is tight. I know the glove's not going to slide off. I don't know. I have to adjust it. And, and that's what I want in my game. I want one less thing to worry about. So if my equipment's good and my apparel's good, then I'm good. So go to eaglesnarrows.com, check them out. DM Grant on Instagram, eaglesnarrowsco on Instagram. You know what? I might actually shoot. I, I'm I'm not going to ask for free stuff. I might ask him to to send me a glove. Like, uh, you know, I'll send him like you know measurements and stuff like that. Uh, this way, that takes some of the guesswork out of it. You you let wait, him wait, tell wait, me wait. what the what the right glove is, and I'll I'll give it a try. You think you're going to convert right now? I think I, I, I've i tried gloves. I know. But I, I just don't like the feel of it. So, but I, again, for whatever, you know, 30 bucks, I'll give it a go. And this is full Cabrera leather, so it's nice and soft and stuff. I feel like a pitch man, and I hate, I hate that. I hate that I feel like a pitch man, but like... When I'm passionate about something, I want to tell people, like, this is a great brand. What's funny is we have a, you know, like, Wednesdays at work or the students aren't there, so we have kind of like a dress-down day, and I always wear my Eagles and Arrows apparel. And there hasn't been a day yet when people are like, oh, cool, what's that brand? Is that one of your golf brands? Like, yeah, yeah. You know, I explain to them, like, oh, that's pretty cool. Check them out. But to hear you say that you might become a convert to the gloved community, I mean, I've Scott, I feel like... uh I feel like O.J. Simpson's lawyers right now. Well, again, it's been it's been 35 years that I've been playing without a glove. So th- there's that. But maybe that's just because I haven't found the right glove. Ooh, that's poetry, Scott. So you know what? I, again, like, is it going to necessarily work? No. But is it worth a shot? I, I mean, if you're telling me it's that high a quality... Uh, again, communicating Grant, you know, the last couple of weeks, just kind of off and on. You know what? Whatever. 30 bucks. Worst comes to worst. Uh, I got a cool looking glove. OJ Simpson's lawyer said, if it doesn't fit, you must acquit. A lot of people listening to this right now have no idea what I'm talking about. The older people will understand that. Scott, I feel like if the glove fits, it might increase your hit. Anything's possible. So, any you know that that's the thing. If it's going to improve your game, and it's fairly minimal in terms of effort, you know how can it hurt? Beautiful. All right, let's give a big take shout. it. Go to the range, hit some balls. It works yeah. great. Doesn't I just throw it in the bag? I love it. All right, let's give a shout out to Tiger Hoods repping down in Texas. Stay safe down there. Big shout-out to Grant at Eagles and Arrows. Go check them out. And also a big shout-out to DJ for always generously giving us his time and answering questions today. Scott, do we have anything else for the good people? Nope, not at all. Like like you said, thanks, DJ, and, you know, see you all not in Mexico. All right, either get busy golfing or get busy dying. Be good.